Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to part two of the Mitch Brown interview. It was a great pleasure recording this and uh, publishing this for your listening. We start this episode with Mitch Brown's greatest ever NRL game, and we finish it off uh, with him answering all the questions that were sent through to us on our social media page. With the 2014 year, I wanted to see if I could highlight a game that I actually thought you by far the best player on the field. Um, was against Melbourne early in the year. Um, and you versus Melbourne, I think it was a wet Saturday night off memory. I didn't actually research the game. It was something like an 8-6 win. Yeah, so that, was was the most, that was the tiredest I've ever been in my life playing again. And you were playing fullback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah. yeah okay. So, I, remember, I, I remember that game. Like, I personally believe that was my best game I've, I've ever played. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, like, it, it wasn't so much about that game, it wasn't so much the, like, I made line breaks or scored tries. It was more my defence and positioning that I was really happy with. And, um, yeah, I think I made a couple couple tackles and like Slater and Benny Roberts and things like that. So, like, and, and I, I, you know, defensively on the kick returns and, like, small grubbers, like, I was Johnny on the spot. So, but I was, I, I finished that game and I was about to, pass out because I've been playing on the wing going back to fullback running about nine and a half K in the game in a boggy pitch I was just absolutely buggered so oh. um, but yeah I, I remember that that game pretty well because that, that to me that, that was probably my best game I've ever played in, in grade so I was gonna I was just gonna say because I remember watching that and I just remember you going back to fullback and if I remember it correctly that Melbourne had more ball at attacking the Bulldogs yeah, yeah. and I just could remember you just like throwing your body around the, like you said, the cover tackles and everything. I remember you saving one at, towards the end. I think there's like a handful of minutes left. And it was like, I think the commentators considered the fact like, yeah, Bulldogs, you did well to come against Melbourne, but then you came and knocked the ball out. And mm. it was just, and you could just see like, you'd almost like drop. And it was just like, like last one more set we did. And we won. I also remember watching the socials because after the win, you want to hear the team song. Yeah. Best song in the world. But then seeing the players come in, they looked like they were, all the players, including yourself, looked like they were almost like physically gone. That was it. And then the moment you're getting like filmed and watching come in, and then this new ball of energy come up, we actually did it. Like it was, I know it was one of those wins that I still remember today, just watching it from home. And I was just wanted to see if you actually remember that yeah. one because I thought it was. I def- definitely remember that one. I definitely yeah, remember I thought that you were one. Outstanding. That was. Yeah, I well, Desi. I remember Desi came after the game and he um. He yeah put his arm around me. Goes, that's the best game I've ever seen you play. And like so, like things like that him to say that well, oh, like, means a lot so but like I said it, it was more like for the little things that I was doing so um that I was really proud of and you know my positional play um being on the ball which all those little things and they'll effort plays they weren't so much a skill thing it was like I got there because I didn't stop running or I need to switch off from that position and because it only takes you walking for half a second or not sprinting when you should for half a second. You don't get that ball. Mm. So that's that's why um, that's why that sticks out so much because um, yeah, all those little things kind of worked and a lot of effort went into that. And um, I, I think I got a couple of little in, me and Bupal were doing some couple of little inside balls, um, which we're getting a bit of joy out of as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was a real you know, gutsy grind win. Like I said, it's Melbourne. We beat Melbourne. Like we have a thing. We, we generally beat Melbourne um, in those couple of years, just the way we played. So, um, but yeah, so I definitely remember that game. After that, uh, return to the Sharks. 
Um, we've found a few rumours from that time looking you to a couple of other NRL teams, including Melbourne. Uh, why did you choose the Sharks? Uh, probably for obvious reasons. Um, obviously, that's, Sharks are my local my junior team. Um, if I was going to leave anywhere, it was, it was going to be the Cronulla. So um, the opportunity to go to, go to Melbourne, I, I, I'm not sure if it came up then, but it, there was a couple of opportunities to go to Melbourne, I think maybe prior to, to going to the Bulldogs. I'm not sure if it, the opportunity came up to after the Bulldogs. Um, I remember Flano. Uh, Flano wasn't coach. Uh, was he? Was he? No, he wasn't coaching at the time because he was in his band, wasn't he? So, but he was the coach after. Who was? Who was filling in for the? Um, was it Peter Sharp? Sharpie, that's it. Sharpie, Sharpie was the the coach in fourteen, and then obviously um, Flano took over in, in the fifteen year. So yeah, sat down with Sharpie. Um, yeah, and they, they gave me an opportunity to go there and then one around playing the wing and, um, you know, going back and to be able to try to finish my career and try to get, I was trying to get 200 games and all that sort of thing and just be, to do it at my local club was, was you know, the opportunity came up, but it obviously it wasn't to be to, to get my, my finish my career out and get my 200 games. So, but um, I, got, I got to be part of, you know, the first ever premiership, which is pretty cool, so except the left halfway through. <laughs> was when you went to the Sharks, was there any like offer from the Bulldogs or was it kind of like um, they wanted to keep, it's like something similar to the Tigers type of thing. I know you were all coming off contract then. Was it something similar that they wanted to keep you, but they knew that, you know, being a Sharks junior yourself and the perfect opportunity to, you know, finish it off at where you've begun? Yeah, like there, there, there definitely was an offer. Um, it was on the table and, um, you know, the, the Sharks came in. It wasn't, I won't lie, it was a little bit more, but not like, oh, I have to go because of the money. Um, but it was, you know, maybe like 10 grand more or something like that. And then, but it was, you know, playing with local juniors, get to go home. I live around the corner. Um, you know, there, there are a few few reasons for it as well. So, but yeah, the main one was like, I, like I said, being at the Dogs is, the best time in my whole career. Those two and a half years, I enjoyed, you know, my time playing football. I had the best experiences on the field, mates, everything like that. Um, but yeah, I guess the opportunity to play for the back to the team that I supported since I was could remember supporting teams. So, um, and then hoping to finish my career out in that that team I started off with was, I guess, was a big draw card. So, um, who was what was the better side, the Bulldogs? 14 team or that Sharks team of 15-16? Oh, the 16 team was pretty good, but it, it's so hard. They were so different. And even though it wasn't that long apart, the style of game changed a lot. It's just like now, like that was in 16. Look at, the, look at how in five years it's, it's a completely different game. I'm like, how that 16 team going in 2021? So, like, it's um, – I don't know because – we well, had plays in – well, Mick and Benny were in the 2014 and the 2016 team as well. So, um, to be honest, they, they go pretty close against each other. Um, I think the biggest thing was the the, um, the 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 youth, the experience, and then your the season first grade players. So, like, 
um, both teams had that. So like your Bulldogs, you had like um, Timmy Laff coming up through and then you had like your Frank Prechards and um, James Grahams and then you had your middle and your Hockos. So you, you, you inform Hocko, J-Malls, like your informed players. Were so Sharks had the similar thing. You had your X-Factors, you had your Val Holmes and Barbers, but then you had your rookies like Jack Bird was coming through and um, and then you had your, your middle guys like your Wade Graham, Bakuya, Tupo, and then you had your senior heads like um, Lukey Lewis, Paul Gallen, and, and Mick Ennis, who basically ran the team and was so vocal. And so, uh, oh, I, I, you couldn't pick. It'd be, it'd be a flip of a coin whoever won that. Well, yeah, obviously, Mick was there too. So, like, three of the players, the dogs were at the, <laughs> were the, at the Sharks too. So, um, it's, it's um, yeah, it, it is pretty close. So. Oh, man, only if they stayed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think the, the biggest loss would have been Mick. Uh, he, what he what he does to the team, like I said before, that the reason I think Sharks win the grand finals because Mick Ennis was there. Mick Ennis brought a, a, a lot of culture. He brought a lot of discipline, um, a lot of respect. So you'd almost, if you did something wrong on the field and Mick looks over you, it hurts more than if the coach blows up you. If, if, if you... If you did something, if you did drop the ball and the play of the ball, and you turn around, and Mick standing there and just looks at you, oh, like that, that crumbles you more than because you've let Mick down, and like you know what that means to it, to him, and how much respect you have for him. Um, but yeah, you, you, so they're the type of players that you need in your team because you just respect them so much. And I'm sure Cameron Smith at Melbourne would have the same thing if if you miss the tackle or drop the ball or whatever it is and he looks at you just like like I've let I've let him down, I let the team down and he doesn't have to say anything. He just has that aura about him. So Mick, I really feel had that and I, I, that's I, that's something that the dogs definitely lost when he left that club. Your final game for the Sharks, if I remember correctly, was quite a unique one. You came in last minute, uh, scored a try. There was also a black panther or black cat running down the sideline. <laughs> and it was that uh, true that I was doing some research the day of your brother's wedding as well yeah so how how out of all the games so I played one game that year or something and then my brother booked his wedding I was like I think it was a Sunday um, so like it wasn't even a Saturday and of all the games the draw gets so he's booked his wedding before the season starts the year before and he played three games or something he books it that year and he's like it's so on a Sunday, had to book it a year of advance. It's like the draw comes out, Sharks playing that game. Of course, and I haven't played all year and it's during Origin and um, we've used 18 players or something for the whole year. It's just unbelievably, uh, not like, unheard of. And then obviously Origin came around and then I got the call up and I had to play that game because I needed a qualifier to go over England. So it wasn't as much as I just wanted to play a game first grade to, and I missed my brother's wedding. It was I needed to play that game so I could qualify and go to England. So it was like one of those. Well, if I don't play this game, this is basically my career's pretty much done. I'm playing. You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing the year after. And so it was a bit more to it than just playing a, a regular first grade game. Um, but yeah, I, oh. I through the day I, I was um, in my suit getting all our photos from my brother and his groomsmen and did all the pre stuff and then. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty much my day of doing wedding photos and everything like that. And then took off, went 
play the game. And as soon as the game finished, we sang our team song. Um, and I had my mate waiting there and I jumped straight in the car and got dressed in the car and then made it to the reception. So I just missed the um, the actual wedding, but I, I made it there to, to spray him as his best man speech. So that's pretty much all that mattered. So um, had a had a few beers, <laughs> enjoy the night. Did you mention in the best men's speech, sorry, sorry, Matthew, did you mention, uh, mention that, hey, <laughs> just scored a try, there was a black, <laughs> uh, black cat running down the sideline, um, and the game was out in Penrith, and yeah. the, the black cat, so I'm guessing the wedding would have been nowhere near Penrith, would that be correct? Mm, Savannah, so uh, <laughs> it was Donhouse, Savannah, so as soon as, yeah, it was like an hour drive or something like that, so that's why um, you yeah, have a mate waiting um, in the car park. So as soon as I finished, he had the car ready to go and took off straight out. Um, dropped me at the wedding in my suit, got changed at the pretty much got changed in the car park, put my suit and tux and stuff on. So and yeah, got there and a little behold, like every literally the whole wedding. It, it was um so my brother married a Greek girl. So it was like a it was literally a big Greek wedding. It was like 400 people there. So and I think everyone, they must have the TV on or something because every one of them watched it. And then I went through all like or, um, my sister-in-law's side of the family as well. And they're like, oh, saying congratulations about the footy. And, <laughs> and then I called my brother's mates and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm back and they all had up the phone watching um, watching the game. So in, I think it might have been in between the, uh, the wedding and the reception. So everyone was went and watched the game, watched me play and, like you're lucky you play good <laughs> missing the wedding <laughs> so but i'm like well it, it got me start over england and um got me let me continue my career a little bit further so what a day what a day that would have been wow did you tell yeah. flano sorry did you tell flano like when he did his post you know game speech like just hurry this up i need to do the team song and head off let it go like is that what you talk <laughs> like just say hey do the, uh, we can do this tomorrow we can do we can talk about this tomorrow uh, i need to duck, duck off <laughs> yeah, it was it, it knocked out pretty quick. Like the post post game speeches aren't too much, especially when you lose. Oh, uh, sorry, when you win, especially when you win, it's kind of like yeah, like a you know a quick hurrah, and then you get into the team song. Whereas when you, when you lose or if you lose bad, that kind of gets dragged out a little bit, and then um, you wait for the big spray, and then like a bit of a you know. But yeah, when when you're winning, especially when you when you win, how we did as well, um, makes a difference. And then yeah, it was pretty quick. And I, as we're doing the team song, um, I'm pretty much getting changed. Like <laughs> I've already had a shower, so I'm like, yes, yeah, sweet. I've already had a shower, and then like a single team, I'm like getting dressed sort of thing. So, um, but no, I was uh, I got out got out of there pretty quick. Did you always want to go over and play the Super League? Um, it was always in my head, um, in the back of my mind. Like I always like to go over there and play. Um, obviously, towards the back of my career, like just the opportunity to travel because it, it's always a big draw card. Because let's be honest, if if you want to go travel Europe and England and um, you know Italy and things like that with your family, you you need about four or five weeks and tens of thousands of dollars to do it. Was so you can literally get paid to go over and play. And then you get weekends off and you, you pay like 30 quid and you go to like Barcelona or you pay 40 pound a year Italy. And it's just, or you could drive to, we drove to Scotland and um, yeah, like a, get a train to London for the day and like things like that were just, just a, so convenient. Every, within four hours, you can go all across Europe and within a four hour flight and it costs you 50 pound if that. So 
um, but also to experience the the football is so different over there as well. So just experience that and the crowds. It's just another thing. You guys, have you have you watched the? It's like an English Premier League game. There was the chance Everyone's got nicknames, songs for all their players, and um, they'd have like eight thousand people. But it sounds like we got sixty thousand. It's just gone nuts and. Um, it, it's, it was a really good experience to go. Like, I'm really, I'm really glad I did it. And if I can if I recommend, it's a bit different now with the whole COVID thing, but you know, if you get the opportunity to do it at some stage, you create, um, do it because it's, it's a really good experience. You meet so many new people, um, you get to travel England and Europe and, um, it's just a different, so different to what is in there all. And we play on pitches that are 80 meters long and, it's like slope down like this and it's just yeah, it's just very unique um but you, you make some good characters and make some good friends i still keep in contact with them on the side of the world so um but yeah it's just uh it's definitely enjoyable was it tough to, to me because you had a young family at the time correct yeah my, my daughter was a year and a half old my son was born over there so um when we went over, my wife fell pregnant not long after we moved over. So, and then, yeah, he was born in Liverpool Hospital. So he's a little scouse. Uh, and sorry, Western Hospital, it's in Liverpool. So my my wife's wife's parents are English and they're, they're scouse. So they were happy with it. And my wife's got family and stuff in Liverpool. So, which helped because we're only half an hour away. So we could go see our cousins and uncles and stuff like that over there. So that, that definitely helped. And um but yeah, for the fact that, you know, me and my wife and my daughter are all born at Carabao Hospital. My son's born at Whiston in England in Liverpool. <laughs> um, my, my in-laws are pretty stoked with that. They, they got one, so. So you'll grow up and represent England, hey? Well, you, oh, <laughs> we, technically, I think you, you can get a, the dual passport because he's got, his grandparents were there, but because he was born there, was so now if they've changed the rules, if you've got grandparents, you can't get a dual passport or, because they has to be over the parent, um, oh. but because he was born there and his grandparents are there, so I think the technically he can because he had the two. So I think they changed the rules and because everyone was like, "Yeah, I can get a dual citizenship or dual passport because my grandparents." So, yeah. but I think I think it's only one line now, so um, I'll get that passport so he can go over there and makes it easier. Uh, did you know much about the Super League uh, before heading over there? Oh, I. Barely anything. I knew obviously the teams and things like that. I, I just didn't watch it. Like I've never had Foxtel or anything because I just I watch so much football. Um, the amount of video and everything you do, playing and individual video, your team video. So I just don't watch that much football other than what's on TV. So if Super League's on, and it's not something I'd, I'd watch too often. Um, so it was a bit, well, it's a little bit awkward because, um, because I just went over and then Sharkies played the um, Challenge Cup grand, uh, not Challenge Cup, the um, the, the what is it, the World Cup Challenge, um, and they got me to do be the sideline interview and they asked me questions. I'm like, I had no idea about any of the players. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm just rattling off anything and and they asked like, I was like the sideline commentator going back and. And, and speaking about, because obviously I went from the Sharks and Sharks were there playing in the um, against uh, Wigan, I think. Um, but yeah, I had no idea of any of the English players. <laughs> so it was just like, I, I, I massively winged it. So um, 
but yeah, I, you, you learn it pretty quick. I, I'm even now, like I don't have Foxtel, so or anything like that, so I don't watch too much. I but I do keep up to date with on Twitter, um, where everyone gets all their information from these days. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just keep up to date on Twitter with them also. So, when, uh, so you went, you played for Lee for a yep. little bit, and then you uh, moved to uh, Warrington. Yeah. Uh, what was why the move between the two super super clubs? Well, um, to do the million pound game. So when I went over the mid year, I played in um, the middle eights. So uh, you, you're probably aware of it. So the bottom four Super League teams play the top four championship, and the top four of that go to super stay in Super League, and the bottom four stay in reserve. So it ends up being like the fifth, the fourth versus fifth plays in that million pound game. Um, so I went over there for that. Um, and we smashed it. Warrington was in it. So us and Warrington finished first and second. It's the first time Lee's been Super League for 60 years or something like that. So it was a massive thing. And then we were in the Super League. But the, the, the crap thing about that is um, they call it the million pound game because you get a million pound more to spend on your salary cap that you don't have to physically put in. So you, you, so our, we had a quite a wealthy owner. And then so he a lot of players and so he was chipping his own money in um, to make the, the squad so you can fill the salary cap so whatever the, the salary cap so it was three and a half million pound you can actually spend up to that but a lot of championships teams don't have that money so there's a million pound short so when you make Super League they give you an extra million pound to fill the salary cap so someone doesn't have to chip that in mm-hmm. so why they call a million pound game but the problem with that is you don't know if you're going to play Super League or not so if you could get promoted to Super League um, you don't um, all the teams are basically everyone's got contracts everyone's already signed so then you have to build a Super League team to compete in Super League for a year to not get relegated again but everyone's already got contracts for the year after because it happens after the season's finished so it's really hard to stay and you only got that one year and put it together so we obviously went in the Super League we, we got a couple of extra players but you know um, like I said it's, it's quite hard Getting building a team when you've got a preseason to do it, and then we we um, ended up getting relegated. Um, we played in the million pound game. I was in. I broke my foot, so I didn't play in a million pound game. We lost, got relegated, and our owner sacked the whole team. <laughs> whole team sacked the whole uh. team. Um, said he couldn't afford it, all that sort of stuff. And then we all found new clubs, and then he bought a whole new team and. Um, and paid the exact same, use the whole salary cap. But you, yeah. So, but you can do that because over there, because it's not as governed as like it is here. But yeah, literally sacked the whole team because he could and then re bought a whole new team. You try to argue and say I had a broken foot, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well, I, I had a broken foot in the, I, um, the game leading up to it. So, um, so me and Tilvea didn't play in that game till Til was injured as well. And then I think Corey Patterson had a broken thumb going into it. So we, there's a few players we're missing as well. Um, I think we lost the whole KR. So whole KR went back, went up. I think it was whole. Um, but yeah, so it just makes it really challenging. But yeah, the, the owner literally got rid of, say there's you 28 or whatever it is, you literally sacked 26 of us or 25 of us um, and then kept some players, but offered them like half the money they're on because what makes it more difficult that you get sacked? I'm a quota player, and every team's only got their quotas. 
And then out of those teams who have quotas, only some of them are looking for outside backs. And then of those ones are looking for outside backs, some are looking for a marquee outside back. So they're looking in a role for like a, you know, your top player to, you know, or halfback or something like that. So it's really hard. It's not like these quota players can just go get a new club. So it's, I was in limbo. I had no idea what I was doing. And then, then Pricey gave me a phone call and that's how I ended up at Warrington. Down the road, it's only 15 minutes, so it worked out really well. Had Bryson coming over to Lee as well. So Briar Goodwin was, was back, literally signed with Lee, or, but he had a thing in his claws that if they got relegated, you can null and void it. So Briar was coming over to play with us in Lee um, and then we got relegated and then obviously Warrington snaggled him up and then I ended up following Briar over to Warrington. So, um, yeah, not working out pretty well. You touched on a few a bit earlier, but... Um... Any more differences between the NRL and Super League? Um, I think the balls change a bit now, but uh, I think this year maybe. But the Rhino ball is terrible. So as soon as this thing, the, the ball in Super League gets wet, it turns to soap. It, oh. Like it, it's the worst mm. ball. Um, you speak like every time it rains, you see all the people, all the ex, all the players and ex players start spraying the, the ball because it's so slippery. Um, yeah, they still pass around so much. Um, it's it's they've, they've got a really expansive style of football, which is really good, entertaining. The rule I like it is the um, the if someone drops a ball, um, there's no adva- no advantage. So also the advantage you can just keep playing, so that like you get you know. So I'll drop the ball, you pick it up, you kick it, and do whatever. You can you can play the ball for like two minutes straight, and then if you drop it. And goes back and you get the ball back where it originally played. So it's a free play, which I really like that. And if it went to NRL, so it just makes things exciting because as soon as you get, you got a free play, so you can throw the ball around, kick it, do whatever it want. And there's no risk of dropping the ball instead of this advantage play. So I think that was a huge difference in the way the game was played because every time there's a drop ball, someone will toll it forward and, you know, you make this half line break and then you play off the back of it and you get some really amazing tries coming out of it. like these length of the field things we like seven or eight passes and two kicks and um so yeah that that was i think that was like a big difference um and i guess the speed of it too like there's not as much wrestle uh obviously now it's the wrestle's kind of moved out of it to some extent but there it's not as wrestle focused it's about expansive play fast play of the balls and um a lot of the forwards are more raw so they're just like really strong and not as technical, but just the, they've got just natural strength and um, not so much. Obviously, like you get your your, your Warmsleys and you know your, your obviously the, the English props that are like the English internationals, but the, the ones that are coming through, the, the young guys are just yeah, they're just raw and just really strong and um, like that, that real sort of English sort of strength. Um, so it does make it a little bit different. They hit hard, so. <laughs> Uh, and they, they do get grumpy as well, so they don't, they don't want to stink. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I like it. It's, it's fun to watch. It's it's fun to play. And But the only thing is, I, I guess, there's a big difference in from your, your top four to your bottom four because um, there's a huge difference in cash as well because you get your big clubs who are quite wealthy and then you get your smaller clubs who um, just don't have those funds and the sponsorship that, you know, your Warrington's, Wigan, St. Helens have. So, 
it, it makes it quite difficult. That, um, the, the difference, like the level of football was at least in our role, we got the salary cap and every team's sponsored and, you know, they've got the funds there. Was that there's a big variance from your top four to your, your bottom four in Super League. So I do like that rule though, the, the free play. Like I've been trying to call for that one for a couple of years. I know, like it's, it's a simple way instead of doing these six again and it, they're trying to make the game faster and better to watch. I'm like, that's a simple rule that works in Super League. That's not too out of the blue because how, how crap is it when you see um, this play on and it goes like 10, they might pass the ball, you know, four times across the field, but only make three metres four and they go, oh, advantage played, we'll go back to this knock on over here. Like, there's no advantage there. Go, how's that? You know what I mean? Like, there's no advantage mm. really being taken. Or they go like six meters forward and like, oh, advantage played, dropped in the play of the ball. Other, you know, it's. I, don't know, I, I just feel like it's it's a it's a good rule, simple rule, and it's an entertaining one because, you know, imagine Melbourne doing it. Imagine seeing Melbourne do it, and then Munster gets the ball and just kicks it out of a car down the side and boom, try. Like it's, you get some of the talent we have in the NRL at the moment. That'd be a really exciting rule. Mm. To see some of the imagine the Warriors playing it, you know, like some of the some of the expansive football and they're keeping the ball alive. That, that'd be awesome to watch. It's mind you, when it happens, sometimes you forget about it because. Um, so now, when we're playing, um, if you get a drop ball as a fullback or a winger, you basically just start running backwards because as soon as there's a drop ball, the gentleman generally kicks it for someone. So, because everyone's forward and then, yeah, they literally get it and just chip and chase or kick it because it's a free play. If it goes dead or we get the ball back, it's all well, goes back over here. So, it's literally as soon as they get the ball, you just get on your bike and run because you know a kick or something's coming. So, you just got to cover that backfield because there's no fullback. You're in the line because you're attacking. So, it's a good, it's a smart play. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that'd be a pretty cool rule to bring in an arrow. Yeah, it also sounds like a takeaway that argument. That was it advantage or was it not? Yeah, exactly. It just makes it clear. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, no, I, I, I would be interesting if, if I've never really been discussed on anything. Like, I haven't really seen too much about the discussions for that, about the rule changes. There's been so many random rule changes and or potential, like the 2040 rule that no one's ever going to do. Um, they, like, they, like, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not even close. Like they bring things like that in. I go realistically, you know, if you're kicking from inside your twenty because you bunk it down, you're back three. You're going to be back and catch on the full. So like yeah. it's, and if you've got a bit of a roll and you're not going to kick it from your twenty, so um, but yeah, like, I think that's a pretty good rule to to bring in. So maybe so, what works. Maybe what works against it is the mm-hmm. fact that it wasn't an Australian idea. It was an English <laughs> idea. They don't want to follow what to be perceived to follow them anyway um after super league you moved back to australia was that always the plan yeah so um i wanted to do a little bit of travel but my wife was maid of honor um so we had to sort of race back so we had a um probably a week and a half in dubai um if you ever get a chance go to dubai it's one of the nicest places really good for family everything like that um just behave you'll be fine (laughs) but (laughs) Um, just like every country, just obey the rules and everything's all good. But no, um, yeah, always come back because I've got a place out at Kernel, um, a house out at Kernel. So we had that rented out, um, came home, moved back in, in Kernel. So, um, yeah, it was always a plan back in the Shire. Um, 
So we all, my, all my family and all my wife's family live here, so it just made sense. Um, like I knew my obviously when I was back in my career, so I, I kind of planned for it. So I when I was over in England, I, I did my cert four in finance um, and mortgage broking by correspondence with Kaplan, and then uh, organised with uh, with Shane. He's um guy someone I've known for for years. Even since primary school, went to school with his sister and. My sister went to school with him, and like, so I've known him for years. He um, owns a, a brokerage, and he also is a partner at an accounting firm as well. Um, so yeah, organised that, and as soon as I came back in, met up, met up with him, and took me on as a as a broker. And I did my diploma straight away, and been a mortgage broker for the last three years. So Latsy followed me, um, Jeremy Lat, the goat followed me. So um, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about like what? Like, so you're obviously a mortgage broker. If, is it Cove Finance? Yeah, yeah, yeah Co- Cove Finance. Can you tell us a little bit more about about that? And just, yeah, yeah, so, um, so how it was like Shane is he's like I said, my my boss. Um, he's at a, a chartered accountant, so he has a, he's a partner in an accounting firm. He kind of just did Cove like a, a finance business to, you know, obviously he had accounting clients, so he just did it on the side, just to every now and then. So he figured. I was finishing, I had the interest in it. And he's like, oh, we'll jump on. You can actually stand, expand the business and actually do this full time. So I've jumped on and started expanding as the main, I'm, I'm the main loan writer. So I do um, all residential stuff. So you, you know, you have more you know, refinances, purchases for resi stuff, resi, residential lending. But then, you know, if you want a car, um, you want business finance, commercial, SMSF, um, all that sort of stuff. So we, we do everything. Um, and because part of the accounting firm, we get a lot of accounting clients, which means we do a lot of self-employed. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy what the, how the market, how it's all changed in the last three years, and how the markets has ex- exploded with um, on the residential side of things, especially in Sydney, and how expensive everything's got getting. And so it's, um, it's yeah, it's been been pretty busy at the moment now we just move into new office which i'm in at the moment um just at woolaway bay so i'm next to shark park now so um which is yeah so uh there's there's three so at work um uh, there's a few of the guys bought the office bought the block and we were just at the the co-worker miranda now we moved here um there's like there's a, a wsm uh wealth which is like a, a um financial planner and advisor, um, the ESM partners, which is the accounting firm, and then co-finance is all here. And they're all shark supporters. So it's, it's going to be handy so we can work here and then plot over and, and watch a few Sharkies games and, um, yeah, have, have a few uh, bloke improvers and um, enjoy the game. <laughs> Are you still involved in rugby league in any way? Uh, this year I took a step back. Um so when I when I finished straight away, one of my mates was doing uh, coaching guy me on, on the 15. So he rang me up straight away. He's like, "Are you interested?" Um, so I jumped on. I was assistant coach of the guy me Grillers uh, for the 15s and then the 16s last year. And then I did a bit of work with Maddie's Cup. Um, so uh, yeah, they asked me to jump on, and I was doing like the outside back stuff with Maddie's Cup with the Sharkies, um, helping Mitch Hills out. Um, a little bit and then the sort of COVID sort of sprung back in after Christmas and then so I did all their pre-season and stuff for them took it out so I backstore all skills and things like that so um, 
yeah, little bit, little bit in there. Did my coaching courses, things like that. But it's it's good to um, you know still be involved and get my footy fix. Um, instead of talking numbers all day, I, I can just talk about footy and um, get out in the field. Which you get out there and you just miss being in the field, like seeing all the boys training and the, and the kids and being that remembering what it was like when I was 14, 15, 16 in these development squads and trying to help these kids play and, um, you know, trying to trying to give them a, a few pointers of, you know, about how to present themselves and, or how to do things correctly and teaching good habits. Um, uh, but, yeah, conf- confident, confidence isn't short in the, in the under 15, 16s with their TikTok and Instagram and everything like that these days. So, um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's completely different. So when I was coming through as a 15, 16, there's no Instagram and, you know, TikTok and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So now they've got all these, you know, 15, one of the 15-year-old kids has like 60,000 followers on TikTok. He's like 15. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, and, they, and they're doing all these videos and stuff. I'm just like, switch on, do that after. So it's, it's a matter of fighting all these new social. It's so different. So you, you have to have a different approach from 10 years ago to you do, do now because there's so many outside factors and, um, you know, influences and things like that. And then especially with COVID, everyone's been locked down and out of lockdown and opportunities arising with footy. Um, it is pretty difficult. So... Um, but it, it is good to sort of be involved somewhat um, with some of the junior clubs as well and just, you know, just try and help a little bit, which has been really good. So how do we contact you if we need your, need your services? Um, on my uh, Instagram and um, uh, Twitter, you can just go info at cofinance.com.au um, help you with residential lending and uh, pretty much any sort of lending, which is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, been, yeah, like I said, we do a lot of self-employed, which has become a bit of a niche for us. Um, it's a, you know, self-employed clients a little bit more, a little bit more tricky when they um, try to tell the tax man they don't earn much, but then they try to earn them, you know, try to get a loan, but then you have to show you earn a lot. So it's like <laughs> a, it's a bit of a juggling act. So um, and there when when there's lots of different trusts and entities involved, it's um, you need a specialist, which you know that's that's what we do. So um, yeah, it's, we we you know, we have clients in WA, you know, upper Byron and up all around Australia, especially with how it's Zoom and um, everything's digital now. So it doesn't matter where you are, whether you whether you locked down. Um, because pretty much all our clients are locked down at the moment as well. So um, I'm more than happy to, to have a chat and it's good to speak about footy too. <laughs> footy, footy creeps into a few hour conversations once they, uh, they pick up play footy on. Um, so it's, it's not too bad. I, I, a bit of a release there as well. So Awesome. All right, uh, Mitch, the next 15 questions are going to be sort of quick fire. Yep. So just going to throw them out, um, quick answers. And then we've got a couple of questions from the... Um, Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram accounts to finish off with. Yeah. Um, start off with who was the best player you played with? That's oh, it's really hard. Um, I'll, I'll say Ford, Gareth Ellis, outside back, oh, Barber. Yeah. Uh, I think we might have touched on this one, but. Uh, 
most annoying player? Yeah, Booper, easy. James Graham, easy. Um, favorite team to beat? St. George, because heaps of my mates go for him. <laughs> I get I go straight on Instagram and spray him because they spray me. I spray him. <laughs> favorite uh, steam to play at? Um, Leichhardt. Oh, but, yeah. Well, it was going to be Shark Park. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you've ever been to a Sunday afternoon game at Packed House at Leichhardt, you understand. It's nothing beats it. Still have to get out there. What was your favorite uh, away game? Um, hmm. I didn't mind Townsville, but not during the summer. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what was um, the best part of being a footy player, an NRL player? Um, I guess lifestyle. Um, you literally get paid to train and to be fit and to hang out with mates. It's hard, bloody hard, but it's enjoyable as well. So, um, yeah, and just the experiences. How many times can you say you've played in front of 85,000 people um, cheering you? And, you know, like it's, it's pretty cool. Did you ever get a, t- a chance to stop and think during your career how crazy it was? Um. I, I, you take it for granted when you're doing it because it can, becomes a regular thing. It's more since I finished, I look back on it um, and I'm just like, it's pretty cool. Like I, I've done this, I've done that. I got to go to England. I've, you know, I've played in nearly every stadium. I've played against guys like Lockyer and Ruben Wiki and um, Inglis and Slater and Smith and like the best we've ever played the game. So it's pretty cool when you actually it's quite humbling when you look back and say you've done all these things so so we covered your best teammate but who was your like your favorite teammate of, of all the NRL teams oh um put you on the spot this one. Oh well well obviously like I've, I've been mates with Brian for, for years and years but I got along with when when were the dogs little tubby Thompson I, I um uh, I got along with him and Hocko pretty well and J-Moz. But that, that group were pretty, pretty tight. So, um, yeah, me and little, little Bunch, little, uh, yeah, I'll go little, little Tubby Thompson. <laughs> Who was the best coach? Des. Well, it was quick. Yeah, I, I thought about that one. Like, he's... Um, so I, I thought about this because I figured you guys got to ask me. But um, it's you can ask thirty players, but it depends on the experience. So you know, you always get a fringe player that's going to go, oh, "I don't like him because of the game time, things like that," and try to understand. But personally, from my experience with man management and what how much he cared was a big thing. For instance, I um, so when I remember after uh, just before a video session, my pop was pretty crook. He was like in the late eighties, he was in a nursing home, he just passed away. Got, got a phone call, he pops passed away. I went to Des and I told him straight, I go, oh, Des, my pops just passed away. And before I could finish it, he just hugged me and just goes, go, don't need you, go. And just and then hugged me again and just goes, you're good, mate, just go, I'll see you tomorrow, go. I, I, and all I said was my pops passed away and I didn't say anything after that. And he just literally hugged me and just said, do what you need to do, go. And things like that stick with you because um, – 
here, you know, it's it's not just footy, footy, footy. It's life. So, yeah. and similar thing happened to um, another player not long ago, not long after one of their family members had an incident, passed away. Um, maybe maybe one of the grandparents or aunties or something like that. And same thing, like uh, he was like a under twenties player, I think, or or fringe was just coming in. Exact same thing. He's like, you know, really supportive, and so those things that really get you. Um, so that's that's kind of what got me over the line. Like he's the best coach I had. Who was the best player you played against? Yeah. Um, on their day, uh, Inglis. Yeah. Um, but I, my personal opinion of the goat is Thurston. There you go. Do you still enjoy the game today? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I do enjoy it. Like I've never been a huge footy watcher. Um, like I watch my, th- I always watch my Thursday night footy, but I'm not someone who's like footy's on. Get away from me. I have to watch it. I have to watch every game. <laughs> but um, I still, I still enjoy watching it, especially you know, some of the plays like you tell me Turbo, what he's doing now. It's just so exciting to watch and the things they can do in this modern game. It's just unbelievable. So, um, especially those top four teams. So yeah, just. Still, I still enjoy watching it. Still watching club footy, watching the A grade. Go down there, and watch A grade, have a couple of beers, and just enjoy it. So, favorite team you played for? Uh, well, I, I had my most enjoyable time at the Bulldogs. So, um, career wise and everything. So, uh, in, in all honesty, I, I enjoyed my time at playing because I played the same position <laughs> week in week out, and I didn't have to worry about. Oh, You'd be surprised how much those things play on a player's mind when you're not sure if you're playing that week. It's, yeah, a lot of people say, you know, suck it up and that, but mate, it's it's mentally draining. Am I playing this week? Do I have a contract next year? It's horrible. So, you know, when, you, when you're playing week, you're out, like, was it dogs? Mental mental health was a lot better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bulldogs by far. What was your favourite position to play? Um, I, when I was fullback fit, I, I really enjoyed playing fullback. So, as you know, it's um, you do a lot of running, a lot of running, and it's an effort position. So, it's not something you can just play for one week and be really good at it. Even, you see players now who get pulled back there, and it's just a fitness thing. So, um, I do, I really did enjoy playing fullback. You get the hands, hands on the ball a lot more, more carries, you're involved. Um, and if not, I, right centre was my preferred position. What's your thoughts on the current uh, Bulldogs team? If you have any, um, they're just in a tough position. Um, I feel sorry for Dean Pay, um, how it works. Um, like, and then like I, I played with Baz. He's one of the best blokes you ever meet in your life, um, and like. He's doing a good job with what he's got as well. Like, they, they, you know, he's, he's building his team around. There's a lot of young guys. Um, you know, there's not a huge amount of experience, but they've got some good talent coming through, and they're buying well. So it is, uh, it's exciting. You can't just get a team like I mentioned with the Super League thing about the relegation. You can't just get a good team in a year. It takes time to build that. Um, so. I'm hoping they give Baz, a, a, you know, a good shot at building the team he wants. Um, but yeah, at, at the mo- at the moment, like it's it's tough because you've got a lot of 
young guys coming through who's only a handful of games and um, limited experience and in key positions and things like that. But I think they'll grow and there's there's still a lot of talent there. So and you're getting some good players next year as well. So exciting times. That's right. And now um, towards the social media from Instagram at Matt George 1990 arcs. Um, for your career highlights and what was it like playing for the Bulldogs? You touched on that a little bit already, but... Yeah, um, career highlights are obviously debut um, grand final uh, and then followed by um, major semis at the Tigers because they... The, the funny thing, the, I'm not sure if it happened with the Dogs, but in the major semis, um, they let fans go in and decorate the stadium. And it was literally one half was St. George and one half was West Tigers. And so they let all the fans go and put all their signs up around all the flags and banners and stuff. So when you got there, it was completely decked out. It was red and white one side and black and orange the other side. So it was that was pretty cool and it was completely packed, the SFS. Um, so, yeah, there's um, playing in front of those, those big crowds is, was pretty cool and getting in even play one game was, I guess, even better. Uh, also from Instagram, uh, Courtney at CourtSwan98, were you ever nervous before you played? Um, and if so, what did you do to calm yourself down? Um, yes. You're always a little bit nervous. Um, some players have this, like, do the spews. I remember Brett Kamal used to spew every, every, before every game. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, sometimes sometimes you get nervous, nerves and you end up going to the toilet like six times before you even start like in the sheds. You're just like, um, yeah, but it's, it's weird. Like it's just sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're not. And some of the beer games, I turn up and just be completely fine, completely happy with my prep, not worried about it, be completely focused. And other times, um, yeah, and other times you... Yeah, you just for some reason you're nervous and you try to eat a sandwich. You're hungry, but you're like doesn't want to go down. It's just really hard to eat. And, um, but yeah, it's just um, there's not really much you can do. Is just try to not to think about it. I guess once you once you're out there, it's just nothing. You, you know, you're not nervous at all. Get your first carry, and you, you barely you just hear a rumble. You don't hear the crowd. It's just like, and yeah, you, as soon as you're out the field, it's fine. Over to Twitter and at Ollie George underscore says regarding the 2014 grand final, what happened at halftime for us to come out poorly in the second half? I got to jump in there and say uh, uh, it's a pretty good South team. I don't think it's that poorly, but you know, I feel just like we mentioned the three tries in eight minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's all worse than what it really was. Yeah, it's um. Harsh question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, they just got the jump, and once once you know you you can't win it, it, it does you, you cripple. Like you start feeling sick, and um, it's something you can't prevent. It's horrible. It's such a horrible feeling. Like you can see the crowd, the South crowd, going nuts. The South players starting to carry on because they're up by like fourteen with four minutes to go, so you can't win. And you just you get angry. You can't do anything about it. You just got to cop it on the chin. You just try not to cry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing, nothing particular. Just one of those things. Oh, another one from Twitter. It's actually not really a question. It's a statement for you. 
<laughs> bizarre because of all the players we've had. We've never had a statement. Uh, it's from Trenosaurus, uh, one of our uh, big listeners. He told you to get a jersey back on and get back out there. So are we <laughs> available for this week, Mitch? I'll turn that into a question. Uh, my knees, they're, they're, I, I wanted to um, like keep playing footy. Um, like I felt like I had plenty of years left. I'd, but So the reason I, I came back was I had a knee clash and shattered my kneecap at ACL Rico. So I had a really, that was my second knee wreck on that knee. So um, they had to remove the bottom half of my kneecap and an ACL reconstruction in the same op and they took my left hemi. So it was one of the most painful, it's, it's the most painful things recovery wise. Cause I get sick with, with um, the painkillers. So I've, I, every time I go under, I've had about seven or eight operations. So every time I go under, I get really sick just from the morphine and stuff. So like I had had a mixture of being in excruciating pain and being sick. So it was always like that for about four weeks and it was horrible. And my son just started walking, so it was even worse. So oh no. Um on to Facebook. Uh Kelly has a couple of questions. Was Josh Reynolds the biggest larrikin in the team? Did he pull any pranks? If not, who was? Um he was a larrikin. Um, he's the most loyal guys you ever meet in your life. Um, yeah, he's a, he can be a pest on the field, but if you're going to pick someone that's going to stand up and stand behind you, he's he's number one. Um, I think like Timmy Lafire, he he was good at he was good at um at training. He's he can dance and he's um, he's funny. He got the best of Des a lot of times. Um, Unintentionally, I think, but he uh, he got the better of Des a, a couple number of times, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I think probably probably Laugh was one of the biggest larrikins. I think. Really? Wow. Oh, and and like Frankie Frankie Pritchard, like he's he, he was pretty funny, um, pretty loud, and and um, yeah, yeah like he, him him Frankie, um, Beast. No, they kind of got in their group and they just won. Sponsor, and Sammy, Sammy Cass, Sammy Cass played a lot of tricks. <laughs> um, we had, we actually had like a, like a spa, like a hot cold spa. Like you could fit like 15 people in each one and you'd have next to the showers and you just walk in, just pick you up. You couldn't do anything about it. Boom, ice bath, throw you straight in clothes or like you, you couldn't do anything about it. Mm. He's the biggest, strongest man in the world. So pff, ice bath. So yeah, couldn't do anything about it. He's copped on the chin. Yeah. So You've already given us your best player you've played with, but yeah. um, the question here is, who was the best Bulldogs player you've played with? Um, it's, it's, it's hard, like, at his, at his peak of his powers, you go Benny, because obviously in that, those, those couple, that year or two when he was playing, it was unbelievable. Um, but, like, Jay was was... Like he, he was such a good player, defender. Um, Mick was really good. Boop, like Boop was, yeah, Boop probably peaked. Um, Jamie's Graham probably peaked um, in that 2014 year. And he was just, man, he was unbelievable. He was just, he was the best prop in the world at the time. And, um, man, he, he was such a good player. So I, I hope he doesn't see it, but I'll say James. He hasn't got much social media. So, <laughs> there we go. Well, I'll uh, jump in here, Mitch, and say thanks again for 
giving us your time and jumping on um, to have a chat about your career and um, what you're doing now. Uh, whenever somebody gives up their time to come and chat to us, it's always greatly appreciated. Um, and you've been very generous with your time. So thank you. No problem. It was a, it was a pleasure to be on and talk a bit of footy. I don't get too much anymore. So it's... Uh, <laughs> we'll, no, have to, um, we'll have to try to find a way to get some of those find a way to access some of those games you play to get them across to you. <laughs> I, I love it. I haven't seen I, I haven't I haven't seen any every now I still haven't watched the grand final. I've I've never watched that game back. Um the only games I really watched they seem to always have the the highlight games of the Tigers games I played in because they were like this St George one, the Roosters one where they all won the scrum and so I've, I've, I see those games often because they always get replayed on like greatest games and greatest moments sort of thing. Mm. But that's about it. Like as far as you run, I, I love to watch my debut game again just to see what it's like. So if you can just get, find that one for me. <laughs> I haven't seen that one for 15 years or something like that. So if you can scrounge that one up back in 2006, I'll, I'll appreciate that. I had plenty of hair then too. <laughs> my hair was like that. I actually got like a um, the game three, uh, third game. I got a big split up here, and I remember they had to cut my hair doing it. And now, like, like I can see it. <laughs> it was like it was not that far back in, in my hairline. Now it's here, <laughs> killing me. Oh, thank you so much, Mitch. Like, it really means a lot, and I've enjoyed you know watching you play, um, especially for the Bulldogs, um, where it was. You know, exciting times, and you played in some really good, like you said, you played in some really good teams. I was really excited when you signed a, when you came across uh, in 2012. I was jumping up and down. I was actually pretty keen because I was watching you play at the Tigers, and I would always pretend to put my recruiter hat on. And I said, if I had the chance, I would, you know, pick up a, I pick up Mitch. You know, he needs more game time <laughs> and his quality. So when you signed, I was really excited, and I'm glad that you know, got a really good couple of years, and you became quite a try scorer, especially at the Bulldogs, um, which was awesome. Awesome, thanks, thanks, mate, and appreciate. It. I've I love my love my time at the doggies, and like I said, mate, it's, it's the whole the whole club itself, and um, it's it is really a, it's such a family club. We all, I love the fans, um, everything about it. So I'm I'm really hoping to get some more more success because, um, you know, it, it it's such a good heritage club, and you know, and, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to next year because you've got some really good players and exciting players, characters as well. So um, it's going to be exciting. So um, yeah, I guess for the, for the doggies, bring on 2022.